Hey. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? You know, I am blessed and highly favored. (laughs) All right. How are you? In that same boat. I was talking to one of my friends slash family. Hey, Lorian. I don't know if you're listening, but um, I was telling her uh, yesterday. Was it yesterday? No, Sunday. Yes. That, you know, because she was congratulating us on the podcast and she was like, you know, I just really haven't found like my niche. And I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, I'm just so surprised at how consistent we've been because like we work and then we come home and we record and we edit and, you know, you've been heavy on TikTok doing your thing. And I'm always like, when I come home and I record and stuff like that, I be looking so tired in all the videos because <laughs> I am. Well, I'm mentally, I'm mentally exhausted for yeah. one. Um, but yeah, I just be looking like puffy face, and I'm just like, I'm just so surprised that you know we have gone on for three years. Mm-hmm. It's been three, three and years. A half. Yeah, like. We're almost at four years. (laughs) Which is crazy to me. But anyways, yeah. Yeah. There is so much that people don't see. I think our consistency is what sets us apart from some of just other podcasts in general. Not even in this space, just like people that say they want to start a podcast because it's a cute idea, but it requires so much work. And I don't think people really put all of that in mind before they start it. They're just like, let me get let me get a microphone. Let me get a setup. Let me get the little light in the background. Let me get my little studio set up. And then they do like four episodes. <laughs> and then it's because it's, it's, it's just so much to crank this out all the time. So it really is. And I think a lot of people, they get into it thinking that, oh yeah, like I'm about to be consistent. I'm about to do this. I'm about to do that. And then they- I'm about to make all this money. Yeah, <laughs> that part. And then, <laughs> and then they're like, oh no. Like a lot of people, like they harp on mm-hmm. like the editing part. Like they are forever like, okay, let's record. Recording is like the easiest part mm-hmm. of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but the editing piece and getting things pumped out, granted you do, you know, like majority of like the social media stuff, but the editing part, it's a whole beast on its own. So I give it to y'all who want to get into this podcast game. It's definitely like, like we enjoy like the fruits of our labor, mm-hmm. but the labor part. The labor be, be laboring. <laughs> Anyways, I don't think we introduce ourselves. I'm Tania. And I'm Ashley. You're listening to another episode of... Q I Do. The episode that's going to tell you everything about the glam wedding. So Tania, tell me what, like, because you weren't on the like main part of this episode, I want to just, I just want to get your thoughts on like glam weddings and stuff like that, because we kind of dove into this, (laughs) we kind of dove into the topic today, but then also, you know, we put out a survey asking people their thoughts about glam weddings and 
this was really interesting. Like the results were really interesting. So I just kind of, I want to ask you a few of these questions and just get your thoughts. And then I'm going to tell you what some of these people said. All right. A little teaser for what we're about to, what y'all are about to hear. So finish this sentence. A glam wedding is expensive. (laughs) I'm just playing. Um, A glam wedding. Yeah, I'm not. But a glam wedding is extravagant in my eyes when I think about it. Because I know everyone's mm-hmm. meaning is different. But when I think of a glam wedding, especially in the African-American, African, you know, multicultural community, it is extravagant. Yes. And honestly, both things that you said were what people put in here. Mostly extravagant, though. Like. That's one of the primary sentiments of a glam wedding. No matter who you are, if you're a vendor, a newlywed, a fiance, when you think of glam, you think of the most. You think of glitz and glam, like all of those things. Do you think that glam weddings can take place in any city? Oh, definitely. Definitely it can take place in any city. Any small town, any back road venue, a barn can even be turned into, well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's been done because I've seen a garage, like a, like a parking garage turned into yeah, like nice the one. most amazing venue space ever. And like, who knew a whole parking garage can, you know, turn into a glam wedding. So yes, mm-hmm. I do believe from what I've seen, yes, any space can be turned into a glam wedding because they can cover the walls with uh, with draping and baby, you would never know that that space was what it was previously. True. Very, very true. Okay. Well, do you think that glam weddings are exclusive to Black brides only? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because there are... Indian, Asian, just to name a few. And I'm pretty sure I'm missing some that do it big for the weddings, you know? Yeah. So even in different cultures, I really think that they pull together their funds and make something happen. And so I don't think that this is just an African-American or a Black American tradition. Well, that's what 89% of the people that took the survey said too. They believe that it is not exclusive to black brides or black weddings. So we can all touch and agree. And a a lot of people said the same thing you did, like thinking about those other cultures where you see them going all out, spending all this money on these very, very lavish, like multi-day affairs, even sometimes like, yeah, it's not just us. Um, Okay. Well, do you think that luxury and glam are the same thing? I don't. And I say that only because you can automatically point out a glam wedding. However, a luxury wedding, it it, it, it can be very, very simple, but they could have some high-end pieces and you would never know that that piece or that floral arrangement mm-hmm. costs what it costs. Um, from the chairs, from the from the furniture that they bring in, um, to the tables, to the food, 
those things could be luxury items, but the wedding itself may not look glam. That's a good point. That's another thing that 87% of the people that took the survey said the same. They don't think that luxury is the same as glam. Now, that's something we definitely touched on with our the two planners that we had on um, as a guest. So overall, like honestly, what the survey said and then what the two planners on this episode said, some of this was like, so night and day like what they said versus what the people that took the survey said were like two different things like okay so here's my last question for you what like okay well it's kind of a twofold question do you think that glam weddings can happen on any budget you know what i think i think anyone can make anything happen especially if they have friends who are very talented and who know what to do for this glam type wedding because honestly you could you could have a glam wedding in a field of just greenery or like I said before um, in a parking garage you have friends in high places or you have friends that are very talented you could very well have a glam wedding now will it cost and honestly you may have to fly in some pieces because in small country towns they might not have what you want available. So that's where like the cost will, you know, start to add up. But do I think you could have a glam wedding on a budget? It's it's possible. Where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> that's very true. So this was actually one that 64% of folks said, no, they don't believe that you can have a glam wedding on every budget. And that was a sentiment that we touch upon in this episode as well. Um, But when we asked the follow-up question of what do you think is the minimum budget for a glam wedding? Maybe those amounts arranged, arranged so much. Like folks were like $10,000. (laughs) $10,000? Right. But part of me is like... $10,000. Where are... Yeah. But so mm-hmm. but so part of me is thinking and I would want us to put out and do this survey again, framing it where it's like the minimum overall budget just in case someone met the minimum decor budget or the minimum decor and rental and floral budget. Even still to that's me That's not even decor. That's not even decor. Is not even enough for No, that's not even florals. That's right. like down right. payment on florals. <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, because in my mind, like the, like the weddings in mind that you think of that are like, Ooh, those are on the magazine. That's a glam wedding. Those weddings, like those floral budgets are like floral and decor overall in my mind are minimal 25,000. Like that's the low end. Cause like flowers are expensive. Rentals are expensive. Y'all don't be liking the chairs that the venues have. So you bring in these chairs, these like, you bring in these different type of tables that aren't the standard tables. So then you're paying that premium there. And this just adds up. Like, I feel like a lot of stuff that we see are really like $30,000, $40,000 in the decor alone. That's not even like... The yeah, food, the dress, the venue, the DJ, I agree. And everything else. 
I agree because those really nice chairs that we all see and love, those can be like $25 a piece. Mm-hmm. So it all depends on your guest list or your guest count, I should say. Um, linens cost. And I'm not talking about the white linen or plain black linen. No, I'm talking about if you want any color, if you want any design, if you want the texture to be on point, then there's no way a $10,000 uh, decor budget could be considered glam in my mind. Right. Like I said before, if you have some friends in some high places or if you've been collecting some pieces, um, maybe you've gone to Goodwill and got a deal on some linens or some chairs that you've seen. Maybe you have a friend who owns a company and they're willing to give you these pieces for free because y'all are just good friends. I mean, like I said, like where there's a will, there's a way. And people know people who know people who know people. You know, the world is very, very small. And so do I think it's possible? Yeah. But if you in Atlanta, if you in New York, if you in uh, L.A., if you in Houston, Dallas, uh, what's another big city? Chicago. If you in those places, I mean, mm-hmm. heck, even even Miami, Tampa. I mean, shoot, quiet as this cap. I feel like places like Charlotte and Nashville and like. Some of these That's true. smaller type places, they're starting to bubble. Shoot, sometimes even like a Birmingham or like Jackson, Mississippi. Like you're not thinking of those places when you think of weddings sometimes. But it's like, yeah, there are people there that are still getting married. And there are like some nice venues there. There are some nice places to get married there. But you know, nice ain't cheap. Yeah. And I was actually talking to Sanji over the weekend as well. Hey, Sanji. I know you're probably listening. But um, we were talking about um, her wedding planning process, and she really wanted to get married in Atlanta. She's originally from Columbus, Georgia, and so... And that's where they got married, right? Yeah, and that's where they got married, because she looked up here. She really wanted to have, like, a rooftop-type wedding, and she looked at, you know, at the, you know, at the popular places that are here. And uh, when she got the price of the venue and of course when you go to these popular places especially here in atlanta you're not only paying for the venue you're paying for the bar mm-hmm. you're paying for the bartenders you're paying for sometimes the, the catering yeah sometimes the catering but also you're paying for the police to be there i mean like it's never just plain security you know, like they actually have a police right. officer um who comes in and work events um also uh, you're paying for the the sanitation, the janitors. You may be paying for the event coordinator to be there from start to finish as well. So all these things add up. And so when she got the final price, she was like, oh, mm-mm, I was not expecting that. And you don't know until you actually go there. I'm like, you may see one price online that will say, oh, it's $3,000 to rent it on Friday or $5,000 to rent it on Saturday. And people get mm-hmm. like excited about that. Oh, yeah, that is that is truly affordable. However, mm-hmm. those fees is what we are talking about. And then after all that is said and done, taxes. And then sometimes they even have mm-hmm. a uh, the service fee. That the service fee? The thing that gets you because that would be 22%. Girl, on top of tax. Yes. Right, right, right. Yeah. And so... extra either hundreds or thousands of dollars that you aren't even, like, taking into account. 
Exactly. And so when she saw that bill, she was like, oh, no. And so she went back to her hometown and was like, hey, how much will this be? And they gave her the price and it was half the price. However, because it was a smaller town, she had to fly, not fly in, but, you know, all her vendors had to come from from Atlanta and travel to Columbus. However, that was going to be much cheaper than her getting married in Atlanta. So, you know, you got to outweigh the good with the bad and, you know, try to figure that thing out. But it is possible. It's possible. It really is. But yeah, we had such a great conversation. We talked to two amazing wedding planners that are, one's from Atlanta, one's from Texas. And so getting their perspectives on things because they both design or help plan rather glam weddings, but their definitions, the type of weddings they produce in terms of aesthetics may not actually be the exact same. So it was really interesting to hear the things they agreed on, the things they didn't agree on. But I think that's just one of the beautiful things about like our weddings. Like they look all sorts of ways. And if you like it, I love it. You know, like that's really what it is at the end of the day. So y'all are going to enjoy this episode so much. And and in addition to this episode, if you want to read the findings from the Glam Wedding Survey, please head to huidu.com slash glam. There you will find all of the details from the survey and let us know what you think. two very special guests with us today. Guests, would you like to introduce yourselves? Absolutely. So my name is Christy Nicola Williams. Most people know me as Nick Williams with Nick Williams Events. And I started wedding planning after planning my wedding in 2006. And after that, I fell in love with it and started helping family and friends. And then I uh, started Nick Williams events in 2010. And I've been planning and designing weddings and specialty events full time for 12 years now. Nick Williams events is a full service design and planning team where we handle the planning and the pretty. Which is very important because (laughs) as you start and dive into it, you realize not all planners do both. So that's great. Glad to have you. All right, Christy. Hi, yes. So I am Christy Record, and I am the owner of Swank Soiree, but I also own a sister brand, which is Plan the Pretty. And both of them are full-service wedding planning companies. I personally only take on a small, limited number of weddings every year. I only do about five weddings per year um, where I'm able to tailor my time to my clients, spend a lot of time with them, get to know them, learn all about them. Um, Unlike some planners, I am not a designer. I focus mainly on the logistical side of planning an event. And so we have a really, really good time together with all of that. And I coordinate and um, collaborate with really talented designers to make sure that my clients' weddings are beautiful and pretty as planned. I am based out of Dallas, Texas, but I do travel. I will be this year in Chicago in the, the summer season for an event there. But I'm typically based out of Dallas and we travel um, internationally, locally, but I don't go into Europe. So that's the place that I don't specialize in. 
Awesome. Thank you too, Chrissy, for joining us today. Really excited to have this conversation because as someone who recently planned their own wedding, and I say that loosely, I had a planner, so I didn't really, you know what I mean, <laughs> but <laughs> you get it really in and overwhelmed, I'll say, with uh, glam weddings in like the media and just the magazines and just when you do your Google searches or the ads that show up. And so one thing we've learned through our like three years of doing the show is that glam weddings kind of vary. There's not one type of glam, but is there? And are there regional differences? And so we're really excited to have this conversation because we've had conversations kind of around this topic, but never actually about glam weddings. And so because both of you are very much experienced in your spaces, know your um, markets very well, we were really excited to have you on to have this conversation. So, and because y'all did such a great job with your introductions, I don't even have to ask the next question about like, so where are you located and how long have you been? Y'all already checked that box for me. So thank you for making that easier. So we can actually go straight into this or that, which is a game we play every single week where we ask our guests to pick between one option or the other and explain why. So we're going to do the same. Nick, I'm going to ask you to go first and Christy, you can go and then we'll circle back around. So nothing too intense, I would say, but to start, if you had to pick, say the wedding you're designing has the majority of these, would you prefer them to be hydrangeas or ranunculus? Um, I'm going to say hydrangea because um, the ranunculus stems, and this, is way, this may be way too much information, but ranunculus stems are not as strong. And so if I had to use only one flower in the wedding, it, it would have to be a hydrangea because the, the stems are stronger. You do more with it. Did not know that. All right. We learned <laughs> something. <laughs> All right. What about you, Christy? So my answer is complete opposite. I would use ranunculus. Um, I would use them, although the stems are not as strong, I completely agree. They droop faster, but, and they're not as fluffy, but I am a very clean line planner. So that's the first, that's the first part of it is that everything that I do is very clean line. And while you can have some hydrangeas that are clean line, I'm more about what's nice and simple more than I am what's fluffy and big. So a hydrangea is going to be a lot larger of a flower. And then I hate the way that when you put them together in clusters to make these large balls, specifically for clients who don't have the budget, it just looks like this overwhelming fluff of nothing almost to me where I feel like a ranunculus has more texture. It does have more texture. Absolutely. <laughs> Ranunculus are absolutely beautiful. But if you just, just one flower for me, ugh, I don't know. <laughs> so again, when you go back into the logistical part of it and budgeting, then absolutely um, a hydrangea makes more sense. But if the client has the budget, I'd fill the room with ranunculus instead. Okay. Okay. And see, I would say whatever my planner or my floral designer tells me, that's what I'm going to go with because this isn't my lane. <laughs> I'm just telling you the colors I want and, and you make it happen. It doesn't matter to me which flowers end up there or not. Um, okay, perfect. So when it comes to the design piece, and I, again, this is kind of like another design one. So when it comes down to if you had to pick between the table, would you do the serpentine or the square table? And if you say serpentine, would you do the serpentine like the kind of S type serpentine or would you take it and make it like a round with the hole in the middle? 
So I'm going to say I would prefer the serpentine. Okay. And I absolutely love it with, you know, the body it gives, the curve when you put them together. Um, but I'm a fan of creating the O shape as well. And so if I have to choose between the two of those, I'm not. Uh, maybe we can do both. <laughs> but if I have to choose between the SERP and a square table, I'm definitely going to go with the SERP. I mean, it just it just gives um, it, it just gives a really sexy look, to be honest with you. Okay. All right, Christy, what about you? So again, I think this is going to be an interesting conversation because I think we are polar opposites probably in planning and design. Um, I'm going to probably go with the squares. The one thing I don't like about the serpentine tables is that they're so flashy. And so again, considering that that my style is very clean, um, I would go with a square table. Perfect. And that is why I'm glad we're having both of you on because there <laughs> are <laughs> varying differences, but I think it's good for, you know, Absolutely. everyone to feel like they're hearing what they like design wise. So that's right. great. Um, In right. The industry needs both. The industry exactly. absolutely needs both. A hundred percent. All right. So question three, would you prefer to work with a bride that has a $10,000 floral budget or the bride that has a $10,000 gown budget. <laughs> Why would you ask me that? Um, the gown is very important. It is. Um, the day is about the bride. Mm -hmm. But that's not to say you can't find a gorgeous gown for 5000 True. But $5,000 in flowers is not going to give you the look of $10,000 in flowers. I mean, can I just plead the fifth? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> um, okay, answer the question. Ten thousand dollar gown, ten thousand dollars in flowers. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the ten thousand in flowers. That's fine. And so <laughs> I, this is gonna be an area where we agree because I tell clients all the time. Even at a hundred thousand dollar wedding budget total, which by the way, Ashley, that question is hard for us because you've given me a ten thousand dollar dress, ten thousand dollar flowers, but where's the whole budget? So that really does kind of speak volumes to how we would make that decision, honestly. But in just with the context of just those two, I would say ten thousand dollars in flowers because yeah, I mean I've got clients, like I said, I just explained to someone the other day, you could find a two thousand dollar dress thinking you were looking for something for ten thousand. But it depends on how it fits your body how you slipped into that thing and what it looks like. So you never really know. So I'd rather take chances on um, a lower a gown budget than I would flowers. You can find a lot of pretty dresses for mm -hmm. like maybe 1,000, 2,000. I don't know. You just kind of got to look for it. But When I got married, I bought my dream dress off the rack because I couldn't afford the brand new one. It was $300. It was amazing. And then I went and bought another dress for... I don't know, maybe 200, I put it like this. I think I spent less than a thousand dollars on wedding dresses and I still ended up in my dream dress. So you just really never know. Now that was 14 years ago, but still. But still, but still, maybe it's not under a thousand, maybe it's under 1500 or 2000. Mm -hmm. So, okay. All right. So as vendors, who would you prefer to work with the most out of the two? the celebrity makeup artist that also does weddings or the celebrity photographer that also is doing this wedding? Photographer. Okay. Absolutely. The right photographer is essential for 
your wedding. I just, I feel like, I feel like there's so many talented makeup artists, especially in the Atlanta market. There's so many. But photographers, it's just a handful, really. It really is. And the way your day is captured is so important because your wedding could be gorgeous. But if you have a photographer that is not highly skilled, doesn't really know a lot about angles and posing, and then the editing part or retouching as well, then as gorgeous as your wedding may be, it's not going to reflect that in the photos. And so that is why I would say the photographer. Okay. And so I agree, photography as well. Um, and my reasoning is a little bit, it's, it's, it's very much the same, but I'll add to that. Um, pictures last forever. They really do. So that's the only thing that you have left after your wedding has come and gone. And so the, a lot of the focus in my business for me is the marriage versus the wedding itself. So I want to make sure that I captured that moment of your marriage, you know, as you first said I do and you were getting married um, for the wedding. And so photography to me, it's just, it's, it's important. I will tell them, do not give video if you can't afford an amazing photographer. Um, like she said, you know, makeup artists, even here in Dallas, they're not, they're not a dime a dozen, don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of them, a lot of them. So I can find you a great makeup artist, but finding the white photographer for you and your style, like that's not always easy to do. And we'll kind of get into this, but I think a photographer is so, like y'all are saying, that's all you have left. So mm -hmm. if you don't have a photographer that can capture that memory that day, you know, in the way that, because after a while you'll start, you'll stop forgetting or you'll start to forget <laughs> some of the moments Moment. from that day. Mm -hmm. And so all you'll have to kind of help you relive it are those photos. And if you have a horrible photographer, then what was it all for? Kind of, you know, like for the memory piece of it all. Okay. Well, Y'all did great on that this or that. It's always a great opportunity for us to get to know our guests a little bit more before diving into the topic because this is such a, this is a topic that's always on like, I feel like bride talk on TikTok and um, we see it pop up time and time again on like Instagram and other places. So really want to just kind of dive into what you see as glam weddings, this based off your experience, but I will also, as I'm asking some of these questions, will insert the fact that, so recently we kind of polled a few of our listeners to see what are your thoughts on glam weddings and what are you seeing and what are your thoughts, you know, just kind of overall. So some of these questions, as I ask you, I'll let you know also what we uncovered in this um, survey that we put out, which was actually very interesting for me. <laughs> um, so just to start both of you, um, I want you to define what is a glam wedding to you? If somebody came to you and said that they either want a glam wedding or that, you know, they saw a glam wedding, what does that mean from a, let's start with just basic, like the basic term, what does that tell you you're gonna, you should expect from that wedding? Um, I'll go first. Um, I think our answers are going to be different, potentially, right? Um, I know that for me, when someone comes to me and they say they want a glam wedding, typically they have a very a large budget. So I'm able to have movement within what we're doing in our design for that wedding. But usually it means that they want all the stuff. 
They want all the things. In my experience, I don't get a lot of clients who want flashy glam. So that's where I think we're here to talk about that is that my glam, it's um, still very traditional in nature, but it's we're spending money to elevate the experience more than we're spending money to elevate what you see at the eye. Does that make sense? So you may see things in the experience that we're elevating, but it's going to be it, it's going to be spent a little more, a little less on that cuz I don't want to offend anybody cuz I don't think either of them are wrong, right? I think that what we prefer is what we prefer and what we like, we like. Um but I just happen to serve a particular type of client. And so we'll probably have a large amount of flowers somewhere, you know, um, we may have a really, um, we're going to spend more money on a band, we're going to spend more money on kind of items that um, from a guest experience standpoint, then we are more of the really big eye catching pieces or things. That's a good way of explaining it. Okay, what do you think, Nick? So when someone comes to me and they say that they'd like a glam wedding, in my mind, that means that we're going to take everything about them, infuse it into the wedding times 10. So their personality, their style, their taste buds, I mean, everything, and just really make it luxurious so that it's an experience for everyone and when I say an experience I mean from the time that the guests walk into the door until the time that they leave um, now that experience a lot of times a large amount of money is spent on the visual because part of being glam in the Atlanta market is creating tons of eye candy and so when you're looking at the different table centerpieces or the way that the room is configured, that it's something interesting, something a little bit different. It's just not 15 round tables, but the guests are actually able to experience something, um, you know, something that they never experienced before. And I think that their elements of the wedding and it doesn't have to be everything everything doesn't have to be luxurious um to be a glam wedding but there are many elements of the wedding that have um, a luxurious touch to it at least um and that's how i, I would define it great definitions i'm I'm visualizing it both, but yeah, there's definitely a need for both of these um, types of weddings. So thank y'all for that first definition. Now, budget-wise, Christy, you said that it's a higher budget when it comes to glam weddings. Now, this was one of the things that really stuck out to me when we pulled, you know, brides, vendors, just some people that aren't even at the, you know, they're in the dating stage, but they're starting to get, you know, starting to kind of do some preliminary research. We asked, what is the minimum budget to have a glam wedding? And it varied so much. Um, some said 10,000. Some said like, yeah, exactly. Some said 10,000. Some said, oh, there were several that said 10,000, several that said 20,000. But we did. You mean like for the whole wedding? For the, the entire, entire wedding. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. For the whole wedding. <laughs> We're not just talking about the dessert station. You're talking about the whole right, wedding. Right. Or my yeah. thing. Right. Yeah. For. So I, I think, um, I think, so I, 
I think there's so many more conversations to be had. We could be here all day, honestly. The first thing is 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 market, right? So what market are you in while you're talking about how much your budget is, whether it's a glam wedding, a standard wedding, anything? $10,000, that's my fee. So you're going to pay me $10,000 just to get me to work with you, period, right? So clearly a, a client who has a $10,000 budget um, isn't going to be my client. So so that's that's the first part. The first part of it is, is what market are you in? But but even in, in every market, there's still going to be a planner that's going to say, I'll take that $10,000 wedding and do something with it. But realistically, in no market, $10,000 does not equate glam. That's like walking into Louis Vuitton and saying, I got $100. What can I get? And they're going to look at you and say, you can't even afford a keychain. So, and that's not a slap in the face at any bride. Like I definitely don't want brides to take that the wrong way. It's just the reality of what's, what's true is that you don't go to Mercedes with a Kia budget and say you want a Mercedes because that's just, you just can't do it. Like, it's just not logical. Nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, I just drove a Kia for many, many years until I upgraded and moved up into an upper echelon um, car family. But I say that to say that I never walked into a Mercedes Benz with my Kia budget, like, hey, let me get this because I knew I couldn't afford it. Um, so you got to be realistic first with your budget and what you can afford. That's one. Number two, again, the market. If you're in New York, what you can do in Dallas, you absolutely cannot do that with the same budget in New York, period, point blank. I mean, they would laugh you out of the room. Um, I think that Dallas and Atlanta are very similar in pricing and the structures and what things cost overall. So I know that here in Dallas, if you want something that is glam. So I, when I hear the word glam, I interchange that with luxury. So if we're interchanging that with luxury, luxury costs money. So even to work with me, period, right? You have to come in with a minimum budget of $75,000 and that's at 100 guests. And that's still not enough money, truth be told. Not to get you luxury. That's just to get you to work with me, to have a nice wedding. You know, it's going to be nice, but it's not going to be glam. It's not going to be luxury. Um, but when you start talking about luxury weddings and glam weddings and all the things, you definitely need to, for a hundred person wedding, come in at minimum a hundred thousand dollars. And that's still a very, very low budget for that amount. So I, I think what happens is that there's not, there's all these topics and there needs to be more education podcasts and topics for brides directed at brides on pricing and what things oh, yeah. actually cost, because we get a lot of clients who do come in and they'll say, well, I thought I could do this for 250 people for $50,000. And then I have to spend 45 minutes educating them. And I'll get my notepad out and say, hey, okay, here's a, I'll just give them the top 10 vendors. And then I'm like, you're out of money, but nobody ate. So <laughs> that's kind of on a pricing, the answer that I could give you here. There are weddings that you know, you might walk in there and be like, well, that's not a luxury wedding. But let me tell you, they spent $200,000 on that wedding. So it, it's, again, market plays a huge factor in it. But also the bride's eye and what she wants and what she considers to be luxury is a big deal, too. And just like, for instance, here, we have a large African community that get married here. And luxury to them is something completely different than what luxury is to the standard African-American in Dallas. Also versus, I do a lot of interracial weddings. So also versus my standard, either interracial weddings or just um, typical uh, white wedding, I'll say, yeah. um, for lack of a better, more sensitive word. But mm -hmm. so all three of those people have a different vision of what luxury looks like. 
Definitely. Absolutely. I would agree that you summed it up very, very well. I don't even have much to say behind that. But the average cost for a wedding, 120 guests, is 30 some odd thousand dollars. But I did a post about this one time before. That is the national average. That's not going to get you a rap dance floor. You're not going to have centerpieces hanging from the ceiling. You're not going to have valet. That doesn't include any of that. And so um, I think that, like Christy said, that the definition of glam and luxury is is different to to everyone. But if you want glam, you're going to have to come with the coins. For sure. So Christy kind of skipped ahead to a question I was going to ask. Like, Sorry. Do you think glam- <laughs> no, you're fine. Do you think glam and luxury are the same thing? That was actually another question we asked in the survey, too. The majority of people said no. They don't think that luxury and glam equal the same thing. So I'm wondering if that's also a disconnect and maybe an education you know, opportunity too, for what does that mean? So for you, for actually both of you, what do you like, what does luxury mean? Because if there are people out here that are thinking it's not the same as glam, then where does the difference come into play? I don't really see it as different. Glam and luxury go hand in hand to me. And to me, the definition of luxury is really an elevated experience. Um, you know, for example, you may go get an oil change. You, since you mentioned cars, you may go get an oil change at one dealership and you have to sit there and wait. There may, may not be a TV versus you go to another dealership. They have a whole cafe. They're offering you snacks and beverages. They're asking you if you need a loaner car. And so to me, that is, that. that's the that's the difference. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the loaner car and the cafe, that's a luxurious experience. And in my opinion, I just feel like the glam and luxury go hand in hand. Um, now I will say in the Atlanta market that I do agree with you that some people don't see them as the same. Some people see glam is just super pretty, eye-catching. Um, I don't really agree with that. I feel like the luxurious ex- experience goes along with having a glamorous wedding. For sure. So to kind of piggyback on what you said, they do go hand in hand, just like I was kind of saying before. Um, the one thing I will say is that when I hear the word glam, you know what I think about? I think about influencers. I think about people who wake up and they sit in the chair to get their glam every day. I think about people who don't leave the house and I got on a Nike sweatsuit today, right? Like this is my everyday. I get dressed up when I want to, but my everyday is very relaxed and very comfortable. And so when I think about glam, I think about um, those elevated looks. I think about attention. I think about um I think about all of those types of influencer type things, but I also think that those things cost money. So when I think about glam, I think about, you know, it's still going to cost you money and you're going to spend money to make all these other things happen. So they really do marry one another. It's not, it, it's not a separate thing. It, it really isn't. I think that the, maybe people are taking the definition of the word and they're making them different in their minds, but they're, they really are one and the same. Absolutely. Okay. To me, I, I hear that luxury is an experience and I think you pay 
like if you have a luxury vendor, to me, luxury vendors do certain things, they require certain things, and there are certain things they don't do. Like, Mm -hmm. I put something out there that I personally feel no one else has to feel, and that's that's perfectly fine. I'm like, you can't call yourself a luxury, say, wedding planner if you offer month-of coordination services. I personally just feel like that is not... Like, if the clientele you should be receiving should want you to do all of it. So there is no partial planning. There is no coming in four, six weeks, eight weeks before based on my standards. But I think kind of want to put that out there too. Everybody's definitions are relative. So sis, sis, that, that, that conversation right there is that, that is a whole five other podcast episode the the number of fake glam luxury planners out here is ridiculous because you're absolutely right. Somebody who is planning in a full luxury market all the time, they don't they they don't have time to commit right. to a, a management client. They don't have the time to commit to a partial planning client. So you're right. And and brides don't understand that when they they look at our websites, they look at their Instagram, they look at whatever they're looking at, it's still you should go do your research. Because if this if this planner is offering these other additional services, at least if they're offering it themselves. So let me also say um, if you have associates who are planning, they may be the ones who offer those services. Mindy Weiss still offers that service, but she doesn't offer the service herself directly. So I think you have to look into the company itself too to see how they're offering that service to make it kind of make sense, right? I personally don't offer the service, but my secondary brand does. That was the whole entire reason I launched a secondary brand is that when I went into a higher market and, and don't get me wrong, like I don't coin myself as a luxury planner because I will take a wedding at $75,000 budget minimum and that's not a luxury wedding. So, um, but there were still a lot, ton of clients. The ones who answered your survey, I have $10,000, $20,000, $30,000. I didn't want them to be left unserviced. And if they were going to be serviced by somebody, I mean, let me get the coins. So I have a whole different company that still services them with great service, but it's just it's less services at a, a lower, I don't want to say a, a smaller service level, but it is a smaller service level. Let's be real. It's like if you're a, it's a completely different service level, absolutely. Right. It's a completely different service level because we do have a team of 21 and the month of, we do have that as part of our catalog for a few select clients per year um, because some of our clients come to us for design only. And then we find that they've done everything with their wedding. They've hired us for design, but I'm like, okay, who's pulling all the strings together? And then sometimes they don't have anyone to do that. Right. So it's something that we have to offer. Um, I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> I was about to go in a different direction <laughs> that you were going to have to edit. <laughs> it gets hard. It gets hard. You start getting us to talk and then we have all these opinions and we know what's happening out here and we just start talking. So I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do too. Um, there are a lot of opinions and I think part of the expect or the assumption that certain things can be classified in a certain way based on what vendors say or those that classify them as the service providers of that, you know, for glam or for luxury or what have you. But if you're just coming in and 
you're planning your wedding, you got $30,000, you want go on Facebook, someone says, I could do that floral set that you're talking about that you want. I could do that for $3,000. And then you start going down this path and then you're posting the pictures later and you're like, look at my wedding. And it has a lot of the, like on paper, you can check the box. Okay, you had a ballroom, you had a, <laughs> you had, you know, drapery, <laughs> you had, you know, florals, but maybe they are fall florals. And maybe you had that standard linen that came with the venue and maybe you upgraded like one, a few tables, maybe the sweetheart table and your photographer was not that great. So the photos you see are like, so yeah, maybe this was like glam ish <laughs> but but it wasn't but it wasn't <laughs> but it wasn't yeah and 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 so yeah that's why I'm, I'm happy we're having this conversation but anyway to move on um let's talk about the regional differences now we've heard like we've talked to folks that you know live outside of so we're based in Atlanta Tania and I are in like the metro Atlanta area um but we've talked to people that live outside of the state of Georgia. And um, there is a concept of the Atlanta wedding. And so for the Atlanta wedding to have its own kind of like aesthetic and kind of you already know what that means. And mm-hmm. by large, Atlanta weddings are glam. Have y'all noticed regional differences where, say, if someone wanted those same type of characteristics, but the wedding took place in, say, Dallas or took place in Miami or Chicago? Are you noticing, like, when you're looking at the publications or when you're scrolling your Instagram or even just talking with your own colleagues and you're seeing their work, but it's in different markets, are you noticing a difference? Like, is there a difference? And if so, what is it? I don't know how to answer that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't either because because really it it like I said before, a lot of it is cultural and a lot of it is uh, is regional. Um, and it then again, it's also budget. So I mean, it's kind of it's difficult. So for here's what I can say: what I see in Atlanta, I also see in South Florida, right? Um, I can't think of her name right now, but there's a popular planner out there. Everything she does is very similar to what happens in Atlanta. She's probably a little more on the, a little closer to New York than she is to Atlanta in terms of her style, but she still very much reminds me of what a glam wedding in Atlanta would be. Um, Here in Dallas, we are very, um, still a very segregated um, type Mm -hmm. of community in terms of the industry overall. Therefore, it really is going to be based on the culture of the person getting married and what you're seeing. Um, in the Nigerian market here, it looks very much like Atlanta, almost to the T. Quick question off that. And then Nick, you can also kind of go into, I want you to cover this as well. So saying that like you're noticing Atlanta kind of looks like South Florida, but then that planner in South Florida kind of has a New York style. What's the difference between New York versus what Atlanta and South Florida are doing? Like, is it in the florals? Is it in the venue spaces? Is it in the... Majority of it is in the florals. 
and the overall okay. decor of what they're the overall the overall selection of what they're using to make it look like glam. But she mm-hmm. highly focuses on floral. Okay, I think I think there's a big difference with the floral and then also um, the venues. Um, I think that up north the venues seem to be a little bit more unique versus Atlanta. Not that Atlanta doesn't have unique venues, but a lot of the glam weddings are at the same venues. <laughs> so, 100%. There's like five <laughs> here, five or six, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Um, so I think, and then when we travel for weddings, it's been my experience when we travel that the weddings are not as glam. Um, they are more tropical, bohemian, chic, think, things like that. I think the venue is a huge determining factor of what aesthetic mm-hmm. the couple will lean into. Um, and I, I think the venue is a big piece of what can or can't make a glam wedding. Um, Absolutely. Let's go there. Let's go into that. Let's go into, okay, so do you think there are certain ven- uh, vendors that will make or break what is uh, glam? This is another question that we asked, and it was really interesting to see that the majority of um, the people that polled said that the biggest, like the top two, of course, are decor and florals, period. But once you got beyond that, um, it was either the planner, the coordinator, or like hair, makeup. And one thing I thought was really interesting that we didn't see is no one said photography. And I'm like, how do you determine a glam wedding without looking at the pictures? The wedding. The wedding. Right. So I thought that was really interesting that like really nobody called out the photographer. They said even the photo booth or the video booth can make a wedding glam, but not the photographer. So what type of- That's they're thinking about the setting. Mm -hmm. Right. I think that vendors definitely will determine mm-hmm. um, the overall glam experience because I have seen twice, two different occasions to where the vendor arrived to the wedding looking like they were going to a baseball game <laughs> to where I had to pull them over and have a sidebar. Mm-hmm. Like you need to be looking like everybody else in here. <laughs> You know, there are gowns and heels and tuxedos and you have on a baseball cap, sir, you have to take that cap off. And, you know, the guy was just like, I don't have a haircut. And I'm like, I don't care. You can't wear that hat. I'm sorry. (laughs) I had at a wedding. Like, come on. (laughs) Right. You know, and so um, and I think that um, I think really all of the vendors, I mean, you come together as as a group to bring a beautiful day to fruition for your client. And I think that every single vendor, you know, having playing a crucial role in the wedding, if the client wants glam, every single vendor has to bring glam. Um, so I do think, you know, the venue, like you said before, on the end of the other question, the venue does play a large part. There's There's a venue here that gets overused because one of one of a kind um and in the 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 metroplex of dallas we don't have any more land to build on 
So you now have to go outside of our actual city limits to get married as something that's going to be big that's going to accommodate your guests that's going to let you do all these things right even our even our major hotels the ones that are within the dallas proper they don't have a ballroom size large enough for 300 plus people not most of them there's a couple more that are coming or that have just arrived um so that's the first thing the other thing is that um i agree so the floral should be top i think that that from a logistical standpoint, brides don't think about the photographer when you ask that question because they're, they just think if the picture is taken, oh, it's going to be fine. But that's not, we know that's not accurate. Like no. that's, it's just not. Um, it could be a really bad picture. It could, the room could have been beautiful. And then if you have a bad photographer, it just ruins the entire thing, at least from a creative standpoint. Like uh, as creatives, like we just, like, you know, I've had people to fire a photographer before the wedding to say, hey, this is this is not going to turn out right. Um, so to me, photography really is at the top of that. But you also have to have something beautiful for that photographer to photograph. So that is where, you know, you didn't mention cake. Cakes are a big deal, too. So in those images, you have to think about everything that's going to catch the client's eye, going to catch the guest's eye um, for that photographer to photograph. So the cake, the floral, the rentals, the linen, um, all of that really, it, like she said, it's really a team effort to make all of it happen. And you're right. Like if the vendors come in and they're dressed terribly, that also, it, it brings down the atmosphere of the event itself too. Now, I will say I don't enforce... You know, depending on your role, I can't tell a photographer to wear a black tie and then get on the floor and photograph somebody. Um, and I'm not going to wear but no my. Caps. But no caps. <laughs> yeah, no, no hats, no hats, no hats. Um, and the same for me. I may have on an outfit like I'm going to a gala, but best believe I probably have on ballet slippers or something very comfortable on my feet because of the kind of running around that we do. Um, to coordinate the event, but still I look like I belong in the space. And so that is very important. And I think that some of these vendors have gotten away from that because they just feel like they're workers, but you have such a prominent role in the wedding that you shouldn't look like you were the movers. You know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. All right. I have two more questions. Is that time for you that's fine okay mm -hmm. um so can you be a diy bride with a glam wedding and oh. I, so first, <laughs> think about what diy means because diy can mean the the bride that's you know doing literally everything but then diy bride could also mean She's in Canva making her invitations or making her signs and stuff like that. So what do you think? Yes or no? In my opinion, absolutely not. Um, again, glam to me is equal to luxury. And that's not to say that she's not very talented to, to be at home cutting papers and creating invitations and hot glue gun and stuff. That's not to say that at all. Um, <laughs> and I've had a situation before to where the bride, she wanted to make a couple things and you know what she was really adamant about it. And I said, okay, well, let's put it in cocktail hour. And, you know, maybe mm -hmm. if you want to make like the, the, the card box or something like that. Um, and she was fine with that, but 
when you say glam and being that I equate that with luxury, my answer is no. I don't see how you can be a DIY bride and have a glam wedding. Okay. I mean, and I, I don't have anything to add because it's really the same thing. I mean, it the, the, the issue here is that for us, both of us, me and Nick together, agree that glam and luxury go hand in hand. And so if you're having a luxury event, you're not doing those things yourself. Even if you are... For instance, I don't know, um, Nick, if you're married. I'm married. When I got married, I knew I needed a wedding planner. I'm a wedding planner. I'm a very skilled wedding planner, but I knew what I needed in order for this to be what it was supposed to be. So I hired someone else to come in and plan my wedding. Um, so I feel like it's the same thing. I've had clients who are bakers. She's baked some amazing cakes. Now, let me go backwards. I was going to say she. I wouldn't let her bake her cake. I wasn't. She did end up baking her own cake. I will say that. <laughs> But she wasn't going to, and I, because I typically tell them like you, that's the last thing you want to be worried about on your wedding day, right? So even if you are a skilled professional at something, you don't have the opportunity or time. You don't want to be dealing with all of that. Like you just don't. You don't. So you should bring in a different vendor. And if it's going to be a luxury or glam event, then you have the budget for those things to happen. So you're not trying to do it on your own. So yeah, I mean, really, my answer is the same for those same reasons. I mean. Yeah, I'm not. I, yeah, I would like. Did you do a survey to ask the clients? Well, because did you do a survey to ask the clients or the brides um, what is their definition of a glam wedding? Yes, I can actually tell you that real quickly um, because there were a lot of similarities. So we asked, finish the sentence a glam wedding is. Mm -hmm. We got a lot of over the top, a lot of overdone, a lot of dramatic. We got several luxurious, um, extra, bling, popular, um, beautiful, elegant, timeless, essential, um, opulent with flash, flashy and luxury details. Um, opulent, slightly over the top, totally Instagrammable, um, inexperienced, aesthetically pleasing. So those are some of the ways that people define glam weddings but overall that was generally the sentiment every single one of those equals money <laughs> they equal a higher budget <laughs> they do so yeah. yeah every single one of those equals money they equal a higher budget and therefore it is a it's basically trending towards a luxury wedding now if you want we can say a glam wedding is here and we can say a luxury wedding is here because really when you get into that luxury conversation, a luxury wedding to me, quite honestly, you've got a budget well above $250,000, if not more, depending on your guest count. So we're talking about spending thousands of dollars per guest versus at a, let's say if we want to separate them at the glam level, maybe you're spending $600 per guest. So, and those are just very loose, loose amounts right there. But so if we want to separate them between luxury, because we keep saying luxury to us equates glam. If we want to separate them, that's how I would separate it. Because the true, true luxury is almost like when somebody's saying you're rich versus wealthy. There's a difference. So that's how I would equate them. I would, I would marry them to glam is rich and wealth is luxury. That was, that I was like good. the way you put that. Right. That was a good quote. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. So I really could go on and on and on, but let's wrap with this. So what would you tell, like, what's, what are some parting words you want to leave 
about glam weddings, whether this is to the person that's listening that's just like getting started and like a bride that just got engaged and as she started in her planning journey, to also to vendors that are in this space, whether they consider themselves a glam provider or a luxury provider, just what are your parting words? Um, I would say that if you, we hear the word glam a lot, elegant, like elegant, like all the time. And I completely am, am open to whatever type of wedding you want to have. But sometimes I feel like people slap a label on their wedding before they, before they really even know exactly what they really, really want. Yeah. Or before they even have sat down with the parties that are paying to figure out exactly what the budget should be. And so my advice would be hold off on the label. Let's really get down to the nuts and bolts of what you want your wedding to look like, to feel like. How do you want people to, how do you want to remember your wedding? And then let's kind of see, okay, is it really glam or luxurious? Um, or really both, as we've been saying, but that would, that would be my advice to, to not put a label on your wedding in the beginning stages of your planning before you really realize what your wedding type of wedding you're really going to have. Um, and also understand what is glam, what is luxury and really think about the, the funds that go into that type of wedding because you can have Mm -hmm. you can have a beautiful wedding you can have a pretty wedding and it doesn't have to be quote-unquote glam and i think that more people end up in that direction um than glam anyway so i my heartfelt advice is a couple things one of them is that like nick said let's evaluate what you want Like, let's not go on Instagram and see what she did, he did, they did. Um, Do they live in an apartment, but they got a Range Rover? Like, let's evaluate that first. And let's not try to compare ourselves to somebody else. Let's talk about what you want first. And so in that, it's like she said, you said something so key for me. The first part of the conversation is who's financing this thing? So let's talk to the people who are financing this wedding and figure out what can we afford, number one. I tell my clients all the time, I'm not a window shopper. My husband took me to New York one time. We went to Saks. We went into the Louis department and that brother was not prepared to walk out with a bag. And I'm like, don't do that to me again. Like it was a whole argument, right? I'm not a window shopper. So I don't want my clients to window shop. So the very first thing that we do is we talk about what do you really want? What does this look like when you walk into the room? And let me tell you how much that actually costs. Now, can we afford that? And then we go from there. But don't try to to do what everybody else is doing because it's what you see on TV. And I focus a lot on marriage. And so I educate them on that too. Like let's not, I've had uh, several NFL players who still hadn't had a contract yet. Let's not spend the money before we make the money. So I, I really do focus on that heavily, even though I service a client who doesn't have, who has much higher than an average wedding budget. I'm still not in a space where I'm comfortable with overspending when I know they don't have it. So I really want to focus on what reflects you, what's going to best suit you for your wedding. How do you guys feel about this? And then let's not need to finance it. Let's not need to 
not be certain in our contracts yet. Like, let's not, you know, so those things are important to me. So I spent a lot of time in the very first meeting educating clients on what things cost, how much it could be before I allow them to do anything. And then so my first point of advice, too, is and it's not just because I'm a planner, but it's because it's the real deal. Get you a wedding planner first that's going to sit down with you and have a talk about your money. That is the very first thing that you should do. I don't care what kind of wedding you're having, but especially if you're wanting to plan a wedding based on what you've seen on TikTok, Instagram, or a picture and a profile, and it's not just a heartfelt, this is what I feel, this is what I've always dreamed of. Because we've come away from that. So we've come into a space where I've seen it on TikTok, so this is what I want, not as a little girl I always dreamt of. And so that's a dangerous space to be in. And so because you're at somebody else's dream, you now need to know what that dream cost them before you start to plan. So really the first point of advice is to get you a planner to show you and educate you on what that glam slash luxury wedding is going to cost. And if you're having a glam or luxury wedding, you have the budget for a planner. And if you don't have the budget for a planner, that is not the lane that you're going in, period. That was, that was a good mic drop right <laughs> I'm like an educator by nature, like at least in this space I am. Yeah, yeah, no, for real. Um, we've seen a lot as well on this side. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> uh, girl, you, you, you ain't going where you think you're going. All right, thank y'all yeah. so much. Um, now we're gonna move into the vendor love portion where we show love and uh, give them their digital flowers essentially. Um, to the vendors that either we admire because we've worked with in the past or um, just someone we admire from afar. So, uh, Nick, who would you like to shout out this week? Um, I would love to shout out a relationship ministry. They are a wonderful couple. Um, we've officiated several weddings with them, and I just love working with them. And outside of just officiating weddings, they also have um, events for couples. Um, to where I've, I've attended one, um, the last one that they had, to where we could really get down to the nuts and bolts of the, um, the feelings and and the thought process behind um, the, the differences between males and females. And so I will really um, just wanted to shout them out. Also want to shout out Premier Entertainment Atlanta, owned by Fred Grant. Um, I think that he is a wonderful entrepreneur and doing big things in the industry. Perfect, thank you. Also love a relationship ministry. They've been on here <laughs> like three, four times. All right, Christy, who are you gonna shout out? Okay, so the very first one that I will shout out um, is Jennifer with Josie Lope. Um, she's here in Dallas. She specializes in micro weddings. Um, she was on an episode of Married at First Sight, I think it was. I love her. I love her drive, her ambition. Um, and she does really, really cute micro weddings. So if you don't have the budget for a really large wedding, a glam wedding, or even what they consider to be the medium budget wedding here, and you're going to have under 50 people, definitely reach out to Jennifer at Jesse Lope. Um, and then also I would like to shout out, you guys probably know who she is potentially. She's from Atlanta, but she's been here with us for about 16 years now. But Chef Jolie with Low Country Cuisine, she is one of the very limited number of large black catering companies here in Dallas. Um, and her food is amazing. And I've been rocking with her for a really long time. So I want to give her a shout out too. Awesome. Thank you. And Jennifer actually came on our show in 2020. Love her. Okay, right before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. 
No, it was actually kind of like a few oh, dairy. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. When a lot of people were going towards like eloping and micro wedding. So it was yep. perfect timing to chat with her. Yep. And, and she was well, already doing it, funny enough. Right. Yep. And then yeah. how her career has just grown and taken off since then has been really, really cool to see. Um, Ashley, who would you like to shout out this week? So I'm shouting out a Houston based wedding coordinator named Paula Cook. She is the coordinator behind Be the Bride, and she is someone that can come in, help you out in the last few weeks and months before your wedding to take your wedding from zero to 500 because we skip it past 100. Paula is an amazing person. She has such a great personality, such a great spirit and understanding of the wedding planning space. And... I think that you should definitely look up her services if you're in the Houston area and you're in need of some coordination. Go to be the coaching.com. So that is B E T H E B R I D E C O A C H I N G.com. Or you can go to be the bride coaching on Instagram to find out more, see more. Now, She's not one of these coordinators that's posting on Instagram all the time, but that means she's doing the work. Trust and believe. I had a great conversation with her a few um, weeks ago, actually a little over a week ago. And we were just talking about weddings and wedding planning and wedding coordination and stuff like that. And just based off that conversation, I know very well that you would be in great hands with her. So look up Paula and tell her Ashley sent you. Who are you shouting out this week, Tania? So this week I am shouting out a DJ. Um, she's not specifically a wedding DJ. However, she does do weddings in all types of events. Um, she goes by the name of Vibe the DJ, and that's V-I-B-E, the DJ on all platforms. She is a black young woman who is doing her thing. I think she's originally from Miami, but moved out into Houston, I think. I don't know if that's true or not. But again, she definitely travels if you are in need. Um, but definitely, if you are looking for a Black woman who is a DJ, please hit her up. You can find her on Instagram at VibeTheDJ or VibeTheDJ.com. That's who I have this week. Thank y'all so much. Where can people find you if they want to know more, if they want to like inquire about booking you or like learning more about your services or anything that you have going on? This is your place to plug it all. Okay. Thank you so much. You can find us at nickwilliamsevents.com spelled N as in Nancy, I-Q, Williams, events with an S.com or on Instagram at nickwilliamsevents and email Christy at uh, which is C H R I S T I E at Nick Williams events phone six seven eight five two five zero nine four zero. That's four ways to contact us. <laughs> and so, um, I mean, you can always call directly, but we really love when you go onto our website and you click on let's talk. We just ask you a few questions and therefore that uh, is sent directly to us so that we can contact you and we'll have a little bit of information from you um, before we contact you. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you first, Ashley, for having me on. I really enjoyed it. I enjoy getting to meet you, um, Nick, and spending time with you as well and kind of sharing our experiences. Yeah. 
You can reach me at all social platforms. It's the same. It's at Swank Soiree. So at S-W-A-N-K-S-O-I-R-E-E. My email address is Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y at SwankSoiree.com. And the website is www.swanksoiree.com. So it's S-W-A-N-K-S-O-I-R-E-E.com. Email really is the best way or social media to reach us. I want y'all to go to find.huidu.com and look at our vendor list. Everyone that we've shouted out for the entire three plus years that we've been on air, everything's there. Yes, And not only are all of the vendors we've ever shouted out are on there, all of the wedding vendors we've had on as guests are on there as well. So you can find more information about them and their lovely vendor services on find.huidu.com. And don't forget to leave us a review, follow us on social, you know, we're HuidoWed everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Pinterest. I'm sure I'm missing one. But basically, if you're there, we're there.